and welcome to the Hustle and Bustle podcast. My name is Nicole Bennett and I'm an urban and regional planner and I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode, I bring you conversations with city shapers and urban thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and city building. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. We are one of the host cities for the Summer Olympics and Paralympics in 2032. The next 10 years is being described as the golden decade for our city and for our region. The conversations on this podcast will help us understand the opportunities and challenges ahead. So please take a minute from your busy hustle and bustle day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode seven of the Hustle and Bustle podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a good friend of mine, Martin Garrod. Marty is Director and Town Planner at Civity and is currently engaged by the Cairns Regional Council in the role of Interim General Manager of Planning and Environment. He is a Churchill Fellow and the Co-Vice President of YP Gold Coast, which is a leading advocacy group on the Gold Coast committed to motivating, inspiring and connecting future city leaders. How are you today, Marty? How is this? How is sunny North Queensland? Well, it's actually raining today. Oh. Not, li- not living up to its like sunny reputation. Very funny. Is it still warm though? It is still very warm. I think it's uh, twenty-eight degrees today. So, oh, beautiful. Podcast in my bodies. <laughs> a very different attire to business in a, in a city, I would say. Yes. Very cool. Well, the reason I wanted to chat to you today um, was to discuss the new publication that YP Gold Coast um, has recently updated called Great Ideas for the Gold Coast. Um, It's an advocacy report and full disclosure, you and I actually conceived this document, I think it was in 2017, um, and we released the first edition. But this is the second edition now, um, updated sort of three years after the first. Um, And this latest report was prepared by YP Gold Coast in collaboration with Civity, which is your company, and also Griffith University. Um, So I was hoping you could just give us a little bit of an overview of the document and maybe what it's about, especially this latest edition. Yeah, sure. I think uh, the the YP Gold Coast crew really been passionate about ensuring that we and the, the people on the Gold Coast that we represent, so the young professionals, have a really loud voice about the future of our city. And I think the, the great ideas for the Gold Coast report is our kind of advocacy report that sets out the priorities that we think are really important about the long-term and sustainable growth of the city. So we, we really hope that the, doc, the report is a document that really stimulates discussion and debate um, about how our city grows. And one of the things that was important to us releasing the updated report during the COVID-19 global pandemic was to not just focus on what some short-term things might be as we deal with this new normal that we're all in, but also like looking really long-term and having that really strategic thought about the future of the city. I think where YP Gold Coast isn't an organisation that delivers upon the ideas in the document, but I think our aim is that by actually kind of stimulating the discussion that we can really kind of spearhead some of these things to come to fruition. Yeah, great. And you had sort of a launch event, which looked great. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but um, I, I guess that was that part of the reason why it was produced to really um, position YP, but also to sort of get the youth's voice being heard across the city? 
Yeah, certainly. And I think, we, as you mentioned, we prepared the first one of these documents in 2017, right before the Commonwealth Games came to the Gold Coast. And I think a number of the ideas and thought-provoking concepts that we put forward in that original document had come to fruition. So I think we were actually surprised and pretty lucky that we were able to revisit it so quickly because so many things had had kind of come to fruition that we hadn't even thought of. And I think things such as a funding commitment for light rail stage threes, ferry service in the city and kind of digital Wi-Fi, those were things in our original document that whilst we didn't deliver, hopefully the conversation that we sparked over the years since we released that original report helped some of those things come come forward. Yeah, totally. And I, I remember sitting down and, you know, being at a cafe and actually brainstorming some of those ideas. And, you know, it was fairly forward thinking. But as you say, it's amazing how much of that document actually came came to a head and really did get sort of delivered by the business and, and government community within the Gold Coast, which is great. Um, so maybe you could give us a little bit of an overview as to who YP Gold Coast is and what they're all about. Yeah, certainly. I think um, unlike whilst we're an organisation that's ultimately a representative body, um, we're relatively unique in that we don't actually charge a membership fee and that we're very lucky that we're sponsored by some really kind of instrumental businesses and groups on the Gold Coast, including Griffith University. But we ultimately bring together professionals and entrepreneurs across the city to really kind of stimulate conversation and ideas about our city and how it's growing. So I think We've got a couple of roles, one of which is to help kind of the business community network because I think there's a real kind of need for us to kind of work together and collaborate in the city for each of our own businesses' kind of ongoing success. But I also then think it's that important kind of advocacy voice. And I think sometimes sometimes young people are really busy and don't spend the time to kind of ensure their voice is getting heard um, and we really take a leading role in kind of ensuring that that agenda kind of is front and centre. I think the the unique thing is we're not uh, an industry body where we might represent one particular sector or kind of interest group, but I think that allows us to develop an agenda and an advocacy platform that focuses on the future livability of the city without kind of any kind of one singular kind of focus. Yeah, and and I think when I was first involved um, with YP, we were called Young Professionals Gold Coast, and I think that sort of had a connotation of an age limit, you know, um, but I see now sort of YP's moved away from that kind of young professionals tagline. It's become YP and it really is, it invites anybody who sort of shares in that youth and that sort of, um, entrepreneurial spirit. Is that, is that sort of, does that sum it up? Yeah, definitely. And I think, well, I'm getting old as well. So we had to rename it because a few <laughs> are still really active and we are all getting old, but I think, um, I think like, uh, like, the people that come to our events aren't exclusively young people. And in fact, we'd probably have a good 50-50 split of people who are just really passionate about the business community on the Gold Coast, which I think is like fantastic for us to stop and recognise that we've got that type of community. Because I think sometimes the Gold Coast is not put forward as a as a city where you can actually come to do business. Sometimes it's just the city for fun and those type of things. But I think we're an organisation that really tries to tap into that business community. And I think that was behind changing from young professionals to YP um, was to really recognise that our, we've over the, um, like we celebrated 10 years last year and over the 10 years of the organisation that we've really kind of grown since its original inception. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so maybe we go back to the Great Ideas document and, and maybe you could just flesh out some of the key ideas, especially from this edition and what's sort of been added and, and why that's important. 
Yeah, well, this particular edition came up with kind of three overall themes that we thought were things that were not only impacting the city at the moment as it continues to grow, but things that we thought would change this or be the game changers of the future. I think so they're kind of under the headings of kind of creating a kind of business community that would ultimately thrive on the Gold Coast. I think how we really like seize, the second one is really how we seize and capitalise on our growth because growth is a really positive thing in terms of the city and its economic kind of success. And sometimes growth is is a really like dirty word to some people. But I think what we really wanted to do was actually say there's a whole heap of benefits that come from that that sometimes aren't recognised or celebrated. Um, and then finally, um, the third theme of this document for, for the refresh was really about kind of being an advanced technology city. I think we're already doing some really great things, but our view was that there's a whole nother, there's a whole next level that we could take the city in that regard. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And and in terms of um, the collaborative approach that you took with this edition, you sort of um, engaged with Griffith Uni. Maybe we could just chat about that and and how you got students involved. Yeah, I think um, our partnership with Griffith Uni in um, as our research partner for this document was was through a couple of approaches. One, kind of a, a technical kind of partnership with the Griffith University Cities Research Institute. And they're yeah. ultimately at the forefront of kind of doing research about, you know, how cities are evolving into the future. But the other important yeah, thing... I had Paul Burton on. He was the first guest, actually, um, on, on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I think he's a really well-known kind of respected figure of... And I think it was important for us from a YP perspective to have that rigour behind the kind of ideas that we were putting forward. Yeah, um, but I think secondly, we also wanted to really tap into some students who were like, they're ultimately going to be the people in charge of our city in the years to come. So it was really important for us to get that different perspective. Yeah. Um, we didn't go and just get people like or town planning students. We asked Griffith to really give us a cross section of the university. So we had people from kind of business and, and kind of media and marketing promotions. We had people from their health kind of area. Um, as well as some of the planning students. So I think it was a really unique opportunity to hear from students who were really just passionate about the Gold Coast and not necessarily directly from a town planning kind of background or might, that might not just be studying town planning and what their thoughts were. Um, yeah. And I think it gave us some really interesting insights, not only about what how they currently feel and, and kind of experience the city, but also what they'd like to see in the future. Yeah, totally. No, that's awesome. And so with those sort of key ideas, what sort of what do you think they will deliver for the Gold Coast if they're realised? Well, I think there's a couple of really interesting ones in there. One of which, which was relatively, well, got a lot of discussion when we first launched it, was around kind of this an e-gaming stadium. And yeah. I think a lot of discussion when we when we launched this was like, does the Gold Coast really need another stadium? And I think I might have been on. Um, Tom Forbes, I might have been talking to Tom Forbes on ABC Radio when we launched and I said to him, I was like, the problem that I see is we've built our existing stadiums in the total wrong spot. I'm like, it might be really controversial, but I'm like, you go to the AFL and your kind of game finishes and you're left in the middle of nowhere with like another <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. I'm like building really active kind of entertainment precincts. We've almost failed that as a city. Yeah, and you look at North Queensland where they've just built their latest stadium, you know, much better location than where their previous one was. Yeah, and that's kind of our concept about an e-gaming stadium was be if, if you're going to invest in another stadium, let's do it right and make it part of this, make it part of a precinct that you can walk out of a, whether it be an e-gaming kind of conference or, or kind of um, event, 
or, you know, it could also host a range of other kind of sporting facilities as well. But you could walk out of that and walk straight into a bar or a restaurant or this really kind of activated and lively precinct that has this 24-hour function. Yeah. Um, like that idea is something that we don't have in the city and it's really hard to replicate around our current stadiums just because of where they've been built. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's all that land around, you know, the Rabina Stadium. It just needs to sort of, yeah, there needs to be sort of some development occur there, I guess. Yeah, so that was, I mean, that was definitely one of the, when we launched, that was definitely one of the ideas that got a lot of attention. Yeah, right. And, and was I, there any sort of other ones? Even, I mean, even on the e-gaming, I think um, when you look at the amount of revenue going into e-gaming globally, yeah. it's just this astronomical, and we're not even talking online gambling. It's actually just the kind of people playing. I mean, I certainly don't play games. I don't really, I'm not fully across this, but I think just the amount of money being spent on people playing games electronically with each other around the world is astronomical. Yeah, the, right. The value of it is, I think um, there was some research done in like 2020 and the value of it globally was over like $100 billion annually going into e-gaming. So I think yeah, wow. there's an opportunity for us to like tap into that. And does that kind of link into that idea around the digital economy and being, you know, being known for digital smarts? Oh, absolutely. And I think like one of the interesting things we found is that like over in the US, for example, there was more people, there was, they were getting larger audiences watching kind of e-gaming, those type of things. And you, they were getting in the United States on like their major cable networks, like HBO and Netflix. Like there's actually more people interested in e-gaming than like Netflix, which was kind of like a foreign concept to me, but like that, yeah. the popularity of it. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it blows my mind. Um, well, look, Marty, that's that's been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, and I encourage everyone to check out this document. I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes, um, so that you can go check it out and find out a bit more about how to get involved. Um, but thanks for your time today, Marty. No worries. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to the Hustle and Bustle podcast this week. We really appreciate all your support. And would love if you could share this podcast with your friends so more people can find out about it, which means we can keep making these episodes and just helps us get some great guests in the future. Also, you can follow us on Instagram, hustle underscore bustle underscore podcast for guest announcements and to provide any input or feedback on these episodes. We love hearing from you. So that's all from this episode. Thanks again for listening. Keep safe. Catch you next time. Bye for now.